Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for booking your flight through Study Abroad Airlines. My name is Brittany, and I will be your Study Abroad Advisor. Your phone should be set on podcast mode. Please sit back and enjoy your flight. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Stance State Study Abroad podcast titled Warriors Abroad. My name is Sandra Luna, and I am the Study Abroad Ambassador on campus. For questions after this podcast, you can email me at study underscore abroad at csustand.edu. So as you guys know, in every podcast, we cover different topics related to study abroad. And this month, we are covering the first generation college student experience. So joining us today, we have uh, Lizette de la Cruz and Liz Safra. They're both academic advisors for the Academic Success Center. And for this episode, Lizette has volunteered to be our guest host. Um, so Lizette, would you like to introduce yourself and explain why you're interested in this month's episode? Yes, of course, Sandra. First, I would like to just say thank you to Sandra and Brittany for inviting us to the podcast. Super excited. Again, my name is Lisette La Cruz, and I'm an academic advisor in the Academic Success Center at Stanislaus State. I also coordinate First Gen Fridays, which is a workshop series that focuses on first-gen student topics that are interesting to them and things that will benefit them in the future. And I also connect them to staff, faculty, and um, uh, administrators who are first-gen themselves. So we create a community of first-gen. Stanislaus State in general is over, I believe, 70% first-gen. So a lot of our students are first-gen. So I technically um, consider all of us uh, first-gen specialists. So this is one of my favorite um, topics, TBH, because um, again, I was first gen myself and I know the struggles uh, that we have to go through in order to succeed in a system that really wasn't created for us. Uh, I would just like to connect. I've never studied abroad. I would have probably loved studying abroad, but I never had the opportunity. I had a unconventional higher education experience, definitely. It took me about 10 years to finish my undergrad. Started at UCLA, definitely pondered the idea of going out to Italy somewhere when I was 18, 19, but decided not to. I actually um, dropped out and ended up finishing up a little bit later in life when I was older. Um, finished up in psychology at Stanislaus State and didn't have the opportunity to go to study abroad then either because I was working. So I didn't have the the opportunity to leave my job and then just, you know, leave for a semester or a year. Um, but I highly recommend all of my students, anytime I see um, any student, I always have Brittany's flyers that she, um, that she sends us. And I always promote for them to go to the, to the workshop or just to see more information on um, study abroad, because I, I know Brittany has a lot of resources where students don't even have to pay anything out of pocket. So I ended up finishing up my um, undergraduate degree in psychology at Stan State and then pushed forward to my master's. So I actually know Sandra and Liz who are going to be participating and um, answering the questions today through my master's program. So we all like took a uh, master's in public administration classes together. So we, we vibed before this. So super exciting to experience the podcast um, with, with y'all as well. So I'm going to kind of hand it over and uh, have y'all introduce yourselves quickly before we start um, answering the questions for the study abroad podcast. 
Awesome. Thank you, Lizette. Um, so hello, my name is Elizabeth Zafra, and I'm a first-gen Stan City alumni and academic advisor. Uh, thank you to the Study Abroad team for inviting me to be part of this month's episode. I'm super excited to be here to talk more about uh, my experience studying abroad. Uh, I studied abroad in San Sebastián, Spain during my senior year, and so I'm super thrilled to be here uh, to hopefully inspire more first-gen students to study abroad. Awesome. So my name is Sandra, I've introduced myself already, and I also am a first-generation college student, um, and I'm a current uh, grad student at Stan State, and I also study abroad in San Sebastian, Spain. Fun fact, um, I was gonna go to Italy, and then at the last like student info session, uh, Liz was there, and she was like, oh, I went to San Sebastian, and she was like, you should go there, and I was like, okay. And I switched my program. So her and I went to the same place, just the different terms. Um, and yeah, so I'm on my last year. I'm about to graduate. And uh, I currently work at Stan State. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to just jump right in. So what was your experience with applying for college? And what were your fears and concerns? Yeah, so as a first-gen student, and being the first in my family to, you know, venture out and pursue this thing called college, uh, it was super intimidating and scary for me, especially because uh, I did not have parental support when it came to applying to colleges or, or scholarships or filling out the scary financial aid forms. Uh, and it's not because my parents didn't want to help me. Uh, it was because they didn't know how to help me. Uh, a lot of first-gen students have to deal with filling out very complicated financial aid forms themselves. Um, and it can be very difficult and scary to, you know, accidentally misreport something that will, you know, perhaps affect their funding uh, for their future studies. Another fear I had was not having, you know, the capacity to complete a college degree uh, and eventually having to drop out. Uh, I was afraid I wasn't going to fit in, you know, and or successfully complete my coursework because of the many responsibilities I had back home. Uh, I came from a single parent household um, or, you know, and having to support my family was very important for me, as well as my education. Uh, and I was just afraid I wasn't going to, you know, balance out my life uh, with my academics. Um, there's also something called the hidden curriculum that really no one tells you about. Um, as a first-gen student, you know, I didn't have the same knowledge about basic services or policies that my fellow classmates who, you know, grew up with families where college was the norm, you know, had uh, services and policies that make up the variety of college norms and expectations uh, that many first-gen students like myself aren't familiar with, uh, like orientation, professor office hours, uh, what a syllabus is, um, having to purchase textbooks, where to purchase those textbooks. Um, and, you know, this is where feelings of imposter syndrome comes in and, and begins to, you know, creep in, you know, that feeling of not being able to fully hone in or internalize your greatness. Um, it's, you know, that constant little voice telling you in your head, like, you know, you're not made for college or, you know, you don't have what it takes to be academically successful. Um, I come from a Mexican household um, and making our families and parents proud and bringing honor to our families is a huge deal to our community. Um, and so the reality is many first-gen students have a huge fear of disappointing their family or, or loved ones. Um, and often, you know, suffer in silence when they're struggling academically. Um, and I know I did, uh, which is why, you know, I take an active role in supporting students, not just academically, but emotionally too. And so, you know, college has a lot of ups and downs, but it's important to, you know, reach out for help if you need it. Um, it really takes a village to get through college, especially as a first-gen student. Thank you, Liz. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, um, the experience was also really scary. We had a counselor who was 
specifically put uh, she like her role changed and she was made specifically somebody who was supposed to support students with their college applications. So she was super helpful. Um, but still like, like, like you said, like you're going to accidentally misreport that. Like I, I accidentally wrote my name down wrong. I had no idea that like my last name was hyphenated that totally kicked out my application. And I was like, oops, like I had no idea how to fix it. I had to ask for help all the time. Um, and something that you said also, like you had no support from your parents. That was totally true in my situation, not because my parents didn't want to. They were super, super supportive of me going to college. Um, they pushed it a lot, but they just had no idea how. And so um, for me personally, my dream was to go to college far away because um, I'm like, I was always such a traveler and I always wanted to be out and like explore. Um, and it was totally opposite from my older sister. She's like, um, we're only a year apart, but she's a homebody. So she never went anywhere Stan State was like no question for her. So when it was my turn to apply, my, uh, you know, my dream was to go, I actually had applied to Davis and I got in and um, to Monterey Bay was my favorite and stuff. And, but I, I wanted my parents to say, yes, go. But, you know, being like a Mexican daughter too, like your parents were like, my parents always said, you're going to go to college, but you're going to go to college at Stan State. <laughs> And I was so that always was in the back of my head. So I really wanted my parents to say, yes, you got in, you know, to these schools go. And that was not the experience. My They kind of uh, would, you know, when parents just say, pues tu sabras, you know, and so it basically means like, you, you know what you're doing. But in my head, I was like, but I don't know what I'm doing. So um, I chickened out and I decided not to go to those schools because I was too nervous to kind of do it on my own. Um, I was also very like, I was concerned that, um, I wasn't going to be like smart enough for Davis, even though I got in and stuff. And I had like eight AP classes so I could do it. I just, I was like, Oh, what if I don't fit in right with all these rich kids? So yeah, I chose to go to Stan state, but I told myself if I do that and I go to Stan state, I will study abroad. So I had that in my head since I was like in high school. So that was kind of what made me, um, what I would tell myself to not feel so sad about going to Stan. Not that it's a horrible school, but I, I just wanted to not be in series, if that made sense. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of my experience. I didn't really know what I was doing. I messed up a lot of things, um, but I made it. I got in and um, yeah, I started my first year. Um, and then after that, I still had a lot of questions and stuff as far as like, um, but we had a pace back then. So they were able to help a lot. But yeah, my application process was a little bit scary at times. Yeah, so I, I hear a lot of uh, imposter syndrome themes. And this is definitely a topic that I touch on through First Gen Fridays. Uh, so I'm glad that y'all really see how it affects first gen students, even from the beginning, even before we start going to to higher education. So um, transitioning, going to college is a huge deal. So what made you take the next step and study abroad? Sandra, you kind of touched upon that already. Um, but also, have you ever traveled before you studied abroad, like outside of California? So yeah, I agree. Uh, applying to college as it is, it's, it's a very huge deal. So studying abroad sounded very far-fetched for me personally. And I had heard about students and classmate, classmates studying abroad before. Uh, I just never thought I would you know, have that same opportunity to study in a different time zone. I, I remember the idea of traveling and studying in a different country 
as early as in you know as high school and it was something i thought was unattainable for me like financially speaking uh, again i come from a low income single parent household and so you know thinking about paying for college as it is was very stressful um and so i never really thought i would be able to pay for a study abroad experience um so i actually wasn't planning to study abroad uh i went with one of my friends to a, an info session because uh he was the one who was contemplating whether he wanted to study abroad and so uh we went to this info session together dur- during our break in between our next class uh and after learning about the different programs and you know student testimonials and the different uh financial aid opportunities i was immediately hooked i was like okay i have to do this be- like for myself because you know one thing i hate feeling is regret like mm-hmm. i don't want to grow old one day and look back and feel regret uh and so i started researching uh the different programs our institution had partners with partnerships with um and i just knew i had to experience study abroad uh before i graduated especially being a first gen uh student and being you know my my senior year i was almost done with with my college experience and so you know sometimes you just have to uh trailblaze and step out of your comfort zone uh to then come back and share your story in hopes that you're able to empower other students to do the same and so you know i was very fortunate to have had the opportunity to study abroad uh and i want more students to experience a different time zone you know and to build lasting memories and experiences that you cannot you know that cannot be taught in textbooks alone uh and so to answer the second question if i've traveled uh before going abroad um yes i had traveled outside of the us before i've been to mexico but i feel like that's different because it's a place i'm familiar with and it it forms part of my identity and my background and so you know studying abroad in a place where the norms and the culture were different um was very shocking to me and so you know culture shock is a real mm-hmm. thing uh but i definitely learned a lot and i met so many incredible people abroad and you know to this day i still keep in touch with them uh and studying abroad you know can definitely really make you realize how big the world is and you know there's so many bigger problems out there and it it has a way of you know changing your perspective on many things um so yeah yeah so i i like this i had only ever really gone to mexico um and then at some point growing up we had this piggy bank we would always put money in there like 20 sometimes quarters like i i never had any money so i would just put like dimes and stuff and um by the time i was a junior or senior in high school we uh our our family goal was to go to hawaii and then we finally did it after years of having that piggy bank so that was my only family vacation but i planned it and so i ended up booking everything for my family when when i was like in high school um but yeah so that i was just like obsessed since then um so that was the only time my family and i had ever traveled but i i really loved it um so the reason why uh, it that's kind of part of i guess maybe why i wanted to uh, to study abroad it's like i just love travel since then but you know to answer the question like what made you want to take the next step because i was 19 when i left and i think i honestly probably why i i saw it as like um something that it was hard but also achievable maybe because i was really naive honestly um i didn't really want to think too much about it because i knew if i thought too much about it i'm a very type a person and if i overthink it i'm not going to do it so i kept thinking about doing it kept thinking i went to like two info sessions and i just couldn't get myself to do it and then finally like a month before everything was due i turned in everything so i feel like i kind of i considered myself like a very unprivileged privileged person in a way because like 
even though my family and I, we didn't have a lot of money and I didn't have money to study abroad for sure. I didn't have anything. Um, but at the same time, I lived at home and my parents didn't expect me to pay bills. They were like, you worry about school and that's it. And so I, I didn't have that responsibility of any bills. I didn't have to pay my phone bill. I'd have to buy my own car. So I felt like I had all these, um, these things that were already given to me. Whereas I had other friends in my classes who were like, I have to help my mom, you know, pay the phone bill. I have to, you know, go do this and help my dad with that. And so I just felt like I'm thankful that I'm not in that situation. So I was like, okay, if I don't have this right now, really what is stopping me? So um, I try to look at it that way. And so that's kind of the reason why I decided to just apply last minute and I ended up doing it. And um, yeah, I did super last minute would not recommend anybody do that. Um, and I think I, I, I even had to turn in my application. I sent it to Nevada. I paid like $30 to send it overnight because it was due the next morning. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did a lot of crazy things. So um, yeah, I think, um, you know, taking it to the next step and studying abroad, um, I do think it was because I just honestly, like being somebody who overthinks stuff, I really just decided not to think about it. Um, so I would recommend somebody who is also very nervous about stuff like that to kind of look at it that way, because that might help you kind of jump the gun and go through with it. Yeah, sounds like both of you are paving the way for your communities. So what barriers do you feel like you experienced and what were your concerns? And did you have advisors to support you and assist you? So um, a barrier that I experienced was having to fear the unknown. Um, you know, a theme that we'll, we're going to see here is fear, right? Being afraid of, you know, stepping into unknown territory. Uh, and because, you know, I was, you know, the first in my family to study abroad, I, I did not have anyone prior to me to, you know, give me advice or guide me during the whole process. Uh, and I was also concerned about safety and having to acclimate to a different culture than the one I was used to back home. And so, you know, I remember the week before I was scheduled to fly out, I, I was, you know, contemplating whether I should go or not and instead you know stay where I was comfortable um you know I didn't know anyone who studied abroad aside from our study abroad coordinator and so you know the thought of leaving the comfort of my campus and what I was familiar with was was very daunting and also you know having the fear of standing out and experiencing microaggressions as a minority student was another fear of mine uh and it you know, it helped to have to know that, you know, one of my friends decided to study abroad the same term I decided to. And so she, she studied in a different location within Spain. So it was nice to know that I wasn't the only one out there. Um, I was also able to convince one of my close friends to study abroad with me. So, you know, we had each other to lean on um, out there, which made me feel more secure to travel um, abroad. Um, and so, you know, we, we definitely had each other. Um, if we ever felt homesick, uh, we would just hang out or, you know, we would go and visit our other friend who was studying in Madrid at the time. Uh, and everything just felt better. Um, and so I, I also had advisors both at home and abroad um, that helped me, you know, encourage me to really step out of my comfort zone. It, it's not every day that I, you know, got the opportunity to wake up to a nice view. And, you know, I knew I was, I had to make the most out of my experience abroad. Um, and the thing about studying abroad is that it's a very, it's a very customizable experience. You know, one of, one of the main reasons why I chose Spain was because I was already familiar with the language. So I knew language wasn't going to be a barrier for me since I'm fluent in Spanish. Uh, however, I was more so afraid of not 
not fitting into the culture. And honestly, you know, when I got there, I immediately felt safe and at home, like everyone was super friendly. And I found Europe to be like super diverse, especially with so many, you know, different countries surrounding Spain, I, I kept meeting people from all over the world with, with so many backgrounds and accents and stories to tell. And so yeah, I definitely, it was definitely an incredible experience. And I, I do not regret going at all. Um, yeah, for me, I think a barrier definitely also has to be like the fear of the unknown. Like I said, before, like, I didn't think about anything. And then what ended up happening is when my parents dropped me off at the airport, they were like, you're scared, aren't you? My dad kept saying that he's like, you didn't sleep last night, huh? And I was like, no, I feel fine. Like, I really I was like, I, I don't feel scared. They were like, well, we can't, you know, they can't go through security with me. So um, they let me I, I checked in my bag. And then I was going through the airport. And I sat down and I was like, Oh, shoot, I don't know anybody. Like it finally, all those things that I had avoided thinking about started hitting me. And then I was like, who's going to pick me up at the airport? How do I get a taxi? So yeah, so there was a lot of, I started thinking a lot about that. Like I was like, all the things that I didn't prepare for, you know, are going to catch up. But then like really all that went away super quickly. Um, so yeah, I was really concerned about like maybe it not going how I had imagined it was going to be. Because I honestly, I I thought it up I was like this is gonna be amazing I'm gonna have so much fun I'm gonna go everywhere and like that fear starts to set in and I was like my expectations are gonna be like you know way it's way way too high um but it ended up not being that way like I really everything that I was hoping it was gonna be it was that and so much more so I really just had to like keep you know assuming that everything's gonna be fine because it really was fine like all those fears I think it's just natural anxiety that you have you know especially when you're on your own and I really just try to brush out any concerns of like the fear of the unknown, like Liz said, um, because honestly, once you're there, you're there. <laughs> the plane is not going to turn around. Um, but once you make it, you're totally fine. That's awesome. So it kind of sounds like your parents are probably a little bit more scared than you. So how do your parents react? Like, were they supportive or how even, how were they when you came back? Super excited, probably. So for me, I was actually very shocked at how supportive my parents were. Uh, they were super supportive, actually, and they were very excited for me to go. Uh, I remember they would rave about me to everyone in the family about me studying abroad and how proud they were of me to take this opportunity to study uh, in a different country. And so, you know, I didn't have to do much convincing, which again, I was surprised. I thought they were going to be like, nope, you're not going. Um, and they actually convinced me. They were convincing me to go. Even after like the week before me leaving, I was like having second thoughts. Uh, they kept telling me like, well, you know this is a once in a lifetime opportunity you have to go you already paid the deposit um and so now you know knowing that i i had their full support uh made it even more exciting for me to go abroad so super super supportive mm, mine were i would say mine are the opposite yeah. <laughs> but it's like my parents are extremely extremely supportive but in a very traditional mexican way um they treat you know, the, the girls were traditional, like we, we stay at home, um, you know, you do what your parents say, and you do what you they say until you get out or you get married or something. Um, so for me, like I said, my parents were like, Oh, you're going to go to college and, you know, do all these things, but you're going to go to college at San State. And so when I first told them that I went to an info session, and um, I was going to do CSUIP for a year. And I was like, I can go to Italy for a year. So I came home, and I was so excited telling my mom. And she was just like, no 
<laughs> she was like, that's, you can't go for a year. You're too young. You're going to be alone. Mm, like we, we, we don't, we're not going to let you do that. And so at first I was kind of stuck on that, you know, they're going to let me, but then I was like, I'm an adult. So I kept kind of going back to it. I actually filled a whole book. I made a little book of notes that I took of the places where they at the cost, because I knew I was going to end up doing it on my own. You know, my parents already didn't have money to give me. So um, that's why I had, I had that job. I used to work at Sally's and I was ready to quit and get on that plane and go. So I was, I was working part-time and, you know, I was trying to get organized and I took out a whole loan and I, I didn't tell my parents. So I actually didn't tell them when I applied. Uh, and around October, I found out that I got in um, and I told them like sometime in November, I just said I got in and I'm going. And I, my parents were like, they weren't mad. I think that it's like in a way they, they do kind of respect you, but they just don't want to let you go as a thing. Like they want you to have all these things and these experiences. And that was definitely my parents. Like they wanted me to see the world, but they were like, we just wish we could go with you or, <laughs> you know, like um, just like they, they want, they want your safety is the biggest concern. And I totally understand that. Like, you know, looking back, I understand their concerns, but yeah, at the time they weren't necessarily as supportive as I would have wanted them to be. And then um, at some point right before I left, my mom ended up giving me, um, she ordered me euros before I left, which was really nice. And she gave them to me and they threw me a little goodbye party. And once I got there, I was like, don't worry, I'm safe. But yeah, that, I, I don't recommend like people lying to their parents. But um, I think at some point you do have to be like, you know, I, I am an adult. I am responsible. Like, I feel like this is the approach. I think it was maybe my reaction to not going to you know, like Davis or, or UC uh, or to uh, Monterey Bay, because I, I chickened out when I could have taken the same approach and just, you know, done it. And so I kind of was like, okay, if I, I couldn't do that, I'm going to do this. Um, but when I came home, everything was fine. Like I showed them all my pictures and I brought a bunch of gifts and they were just like, okay, well that, you know, that was your adventure. And that was kind of it. And we were able to like do a lot of vacations after that, just because I, I was like an expert at, you know, booking and stuff already. So, um, yeah, I think their support grew after I came home and everything was okay. That's awesome. So how did y'all decide what program to choose and how did y'all uh, do your research for the programs? Uh, so I was going into my, my senior year and I had already completed the majority of my major and minor requirements, uh, as well as my GE requirements. And so I just needed elective units to meet my graduation requirements. Um, and so choosing a program that allowed me to be flexible with my schedule and the classes I wanted uh, to take was something I was looking for, as well as classes that I knew I, that were going to be transferable to my home campus. Uh, I also knew that I wanted to study abroad in a location where language wasn't going to be a barrier. Uh, and I wanted to be able to have conversations with the locals. Uh, and honestly, I, I just wanted to, you know, stay next to a body of water uh, to have access to the beach at any time I wanted. Uh, I actually took surfing classes as an elective and I found San Sebastian, you know, was the perfect location for that. Uh, and it helps to jot down like, you know, what your interests are, your values, so that you're able to then align those with the potential uh, locations abroad, so. Um, I picked my program based on the fact that um, San Sebastian is a, has psych courses because I was a psych major and I was I was a sophomore, but because of my AP courses, technically I was a junior, so I had to take at least one psych course. So um, I had my heart set on Italy the whole time I was planning and stuff. 
and I was just like, I wanted to go to Italy and I think I was going to do Verona because it was like, it looked very beautiful. And then last minute I found out they didn't have the class that I, I needed. And then, yeah, like I went to that meeting and I met Liz and she was like, oh, I did San Sebastian and they have psych. And I remember I went on it and they happened to have the class that I needed. I got it signed off. So I did, I had done research only for the Italian ones. So when I actually got to San Sebastian, I knew nothing about San Sebastian. I was expecting like Spanish people. Um, I didn't know anything about the Basque country. I didn't know anything about the Basque language because I hadn't planned for that program at all. So everything was a complete surprise, but like a surprise in a really good way, I would say. I I was very happy with both the classes that I got in San Sebastian and the program itself. That's awesome. So how are you able to fund your experience? Were you able to use financial aid or um, did you receive any scholarships? Uh, So funding was something that I was super concerned with, um, you know, especially studying abroad. And, you know, I was surprised at how much funding there was for students who wanted to study abroad, particularly for first-gen students. You know, there's pools of untouched money for first-gen students who want to study abroad uh, that should be put to use. Um, And so I was able to secure a scholarship that actually helped pay for my airplane ticket. Uh, And I was also able to use a grant towards tuition uh, and additional financial aid money that I had left over from previous semesters. Um, I also had the full support of my family. Um, They helped to pitch in as well. Um, And so I also took on a second part-time job, which allowed me to save more money uh, for additional travel and expenses. Um, And so traveling and studying abroad as a student um, is definitely more affordable than most people think. Uh, There's tons of scholarships out there and discounts for students who who want to travel or study abroad. Um, And I I always encourage students to at least, you know, look into the possibility of studying abroad because it definitely is a unique experience that does not come around often. Um, It is very life-changing and you come back a more confident and empowered person. Um, if study, you know, if studying abroad is something you know you're thinking about, uh, then you got to make it happen. There's always a way to make it happen, um, and there's so much untapped aid out there waiting to be used. Um, I would also reach out to financial aid office uh, to see if there's any scholarships or grants uh, you qualify for, um, or you know that you can apply to, so that you're able to maximize as much funds as possible. And so that's what I did. For me, I um, I had a part-time job for um, some months before I left. And I was able to save most of that money because um, I was thinking like this money is going to go towards, you know, whenever I apply. So I saved most of it. And then um, I was able to use the federal financial aid that I received for my USAC program, which is good because I think it was like a couple thousand dollars. And then I also, I only applied to two scholarships, but I received both of them and it was able to cover my flight completely too so that was um it made you know I was like so thankful because it's like you know how much you paid and then suddenly it's like that's like that never even happened you know so um and then I was able to see whenever I did receive my financial aid it I it showed me how much I like owed and then it was like suddenly you don't owe as much so it was a combination of of financial aid of working part-time and scholarships and then what I couldn't afford after I just decided to take out a loan for what I was missing I ended up taking out about um, like six, $7,000 and I just kind of closed my eyes and signed for it. But I also, in my head, I was like, it felt like the end of the world for me because having grown up with not a lot of money, $6,000 was so much money for me. I mean, really, like I remember thinking it was like so much and 
what ended up happening was that, I mean, when I've come back, I've been given payments and eventually I paid it off, but I ended up talking to um, students who, I mean, grew up like, just like me, you know, or similar situations, but went, decided to go to these major schools. And they, even, even though they receive financial aid, I mean, they don't, it doesn't cover everything once you go to a big major school like that. So they have like thousands and thousands of dollars of loans. And I was so interested in their different perspectives. Like they were like, oh yeah, you know, I owe this much, but I'll pay it off eventually. And I was just like, that's so funny. Cause in my, in my head, I was like, oh my God, I owe this much. I have to pay it off now because I don't want the, the interest. And I, I was thinking that $6,000 was so much, but it really, now that I'm an adult, like I, you know, people buy like 30, 40, $50,000 cars. And I've seen people's mortgages and I'm like, I, I, the reason why I didn't go for a year was because I saw how much I was going to have to take out just for a semester. And it was just so scary for me. So it was, it was, I guess I paid for it like in a bunch of different ways and I was able to pay for it before I think I graduated or maybe like the first semester I graduated. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I funded my study abroad experience. That's awesome. So we've talked about how you made it happen. So how was your experience when you were there? Was everything worth it? Or how do you feel? Uh, so where do I begin? Uh, San Sebastian became my home the moment I arrived. Like all the students uh, part of the program had the option of staying with the host family or having, you know, host parents. Uh, I chose not to have a host parent uh, because I knew I wanted to explore the city and travel during the weekend. So I decided to stay in an apartment with other students from all over the country. Uh, and I definitely immersed myself in new experiences. Each weekend was a new adventure. Um, and I quickly became close to the girls whom I was roomed with. Uh, we all shared an apartment suite and we all booked impromptu trips uh, to nearby cities all the time. Uh, there's always something happening there, um, you know, whether there be like a live band playing or concert or a gathering of some sort. Uh, we also went to, you know, the running of the bulls, which is iconic for Spain. Um, and, you know, it was so much fun. We, you know, we went on many hikes together. We took day trips to France all the time. Um, I got to visit Barcelona and saw my favorite soccer player before, you know, before he enters retirement. Um, Traveling within Europe is just so easy and affordable. Um, you know, they have such an amazing transportation system. Uh, you hardly ever have to drive anywhere. There's always like a shuttle or a bus or a train going somewhere. Um, and it was an amazing, you know, experience to say the least. I, I remember going to Madrid and visiting, you know, the many little, you know, sites uh, where, you know, we would learn about uh, during history class. Um, and this is just you know, so there's just so much to do, so much to see, so many people to meet. Um, I used to be so afraid of going anywhere alone and, you know, traveling on your own really makes you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, there's like a sense of freedom and empowerment that you feel when you confront your fears or you tackle those obstacles that stand in your way. Um, you know, I learned I am braver than I thought I was. I, you know, I love the feeling of satisfaction when I, you know, conquered my fear of traveling by myself. And, you know, it's funny, because right after I would come back from a trip, I would, I would get ready to kind of plan for the next following week, um, for another experience. And so, uh, yeah, traveling halfway around the world alone is just so empowering and liberating. Um, I learned to take time to stop and smell the roses to really 
appreciate the things that I find interesting and beautiful. You know, I found that I could spend an entire day wandering around in a museum and never get bored. Um, you know, traveling alone is all about you and not having to worry whether other people are bored of your interests with your interests. So, you know, you, you set your own itinerary for the day and you get to explore what you want. Um, and so that's the beauty of traveling abroad and more specifically alone. So. Yeah, I loved it. I had so much fun. Um, I think one of the things that was really hard is like, not just being here in the Valley, but also like, um, I mean, just like the US in general, like you're not really an adult until you're like 21. And here it's very restrictive. It's like adults are with adults and kids are with kids. And over there, it was just very mixed. Um, so I, I loved that I was able to just like, go in wherever I wanted to go. I love that transportation, you could just like, you know, day and night, like, you would never hang out here at nighttime anywhere. And I remember I walked out my first two, three days in Madrid, uh, one of the girls was like, let's go get something to eat. And I was like, girl, it's 1130. We don't have a car. And she's like, whatever, we'll just go down the street to um, just some grocery store. And I was like, what grocery store is going to be open at 1130, right? We ended up walking like four blocks. It was full of people like and I was like who's up at like 1130 like don't these people got to work in the morning and it was just so busy and we ended up being um right in the center of town and the grocery stores were open we went and got something to eat we ate there was music playing and I was like it's like midnight now like I was like is there an event and it's like no like this is just how lively it is like um that's I feel like that was like maybe the most exciting part about my whole trip is that everything was like, like going to lunch is like such a fun experience going to, you know, hanging out with a friend is so fun. Going to the beach is always fun. Um, just going down the street and walk, like we used to just walk down the street and like, I wouldn't do that in Modesto, <laughs> you know, like you don't go unless you have something to do there. And so that's why I liked, it was just, it was always walkable. Transportation was always easy. Everyone was very friendly and I found that everybody was so willing to just talk to the person next to them, whether you were at a restaurant or at a cafe, you just start talking to people. Whereas you come here and um, I, like coming back was really hard from that because I just felt like you, everybody just walks into a store or a coffee shop and walks out um, or so you go in with your bubble and you stay in your bubble. And that just wasn't what you have over there. Over there, people just meet each other, talk to each other. Um, and um, everyone wants to meet you because they're interested in you because you look different. Um, so yeah, I, re I really loved my experience. Like, I don't think I had a single bad week that I can think of, honestly. People just aren't like excited to meet other people here. We're very much like clicks, I would say. Um, so yeah, I think that was the most exciting part. And that's definitely what I, I probably miss the most. Right. It sounds so different, right? Outside of the United States, we're so uh, Americanized here where we're just kind of like in our own bubble, 100%. Uh, in our uh, study abroad Instagram, at STEM State Study Abroad, uh, one of the students submitted a question uh, for the podcast. And one of the favorites was, what was the biggest culture shock for you? Yeah, so culture shock is definitely a thing. Like, I noticed that 
it is so much more chill in Spain. Like everyone there's not very concerned about rushing their lives. I remember I was getting ready to go to class one day and I, w I stopped at a nearby coffee shop. And, you know, I remember ordering a latte and the lady served it, the latte on a, on a glass teacup. And I was like, you know, can I get this to go please? And she looked at me like I was crazy. Uh, and people actually sit down <laughs> and enjoy their coffee and their pastry there. Like in America, we're just used to ordering our food, paying and then receiving receiving our food and then leave like no like in Spain you often receive your, like your food and then like sometime later on you're expected to pay like you, you actually sit down um, and enjoy your coffee like people are just not in a rush anywhere um, and it took some time to adjust to you know this kind of carefree time standard um, everyone just kind of takes everything slow there and they just enjoy themselves. Um, also, Spain has a very active nocturnal life, like Sandra mentioned earlier, like people drink lots of coffee there for a reason. Like, you know, be before going abroad, like I, I thought that Spanish culture was all about like staying out, at out late at night and then sleeping in the next day. Like, no, like people still wake up super early to go to work, to go to school. Uh, and, you know, people sometimes don't get home until like 6 a.m. the next day and still get up to go to work or school like nothing you know uh siesta is also a real thing like I remember I got off of school early one day and I decided to walk back to my apartment and I was like okay let me grab some groceries along the way uh well I found it so weird because every single shop was closed like like it looked like an abandoned city and I I remember being so confused and, and then I realized wow like siesta is a real thing like shops and stores and companies across Spain close their doors uh, for a few hours every weekday um, for siesta. So if, if you have an errand to run or need, you know, something from the stores that you need, you have to like plan before or after siesta time, um, because everything's closed. And you know, people actually take that time not to nap, but to actually spend time with their friends and family uh, until they have to go back to work. Uh, so yeah, no one is in a hurry there. Uh, so I definitely had to learn how to adjust to like the slow pace lifestyle there for a bit. Yeah, because here in America, I was just used to like pacing everywhere like you know um running like running around everywhere you know everyone's just so much chill there so yeah I totally agree I was gonna say the same thing when I first got to San Sebastian um I had a little California umbrella and it was raining like he like crazy I remember I'd never seen rain hit that hard and this guy told me oh don't worry just like a Siberian snowstorm is passing by and I was like what so I was like well I need an umbrella and yeah, like, just like you said, like I went out and I was like, where did all the people go? Like we had, we went back into our hotel, came out, everybody was gone. And so I went back to the lady and I was like, I need a new umbrella. Like, she's like, it's siesta. Nothing's going to be open for a couple hours or something like that. And I was like, well, this is inconvenient to me. Like I was like, I remember I wasn't mad, but I was like, this is, I don't like this. I like going to, you know, I like going to walmart's 24 7 target sometimes open very late you know like i like the convenience of the u.s but then i remember actually like eventually i actually got used to it because i would come home hang out at my house rest do homework eat and then i would come out later you know and um you know like you're, you have a rest after a crazy day um but yeah that was definitely something that was hard to get used to like not having things at the time when you most want to like get up and get moving um but um, yeah, other than that, another culture shock that is, I mean, it's kind of random, but um, I think most people have like culture shock in response to like food and language and stuff like that. 
um, something that I really actually struggled with in the beginning was um, the transportation system. Like I, I knew I was, it wasn't that far from school, um, but I, we, we would walk to school sometimes 30, 35 minutes. And that to me was so far. Like that was so far <laughs> because here, the only times I had to walk far, honestly, was when I, I used to buy the parking pass to park on campus, park as close as I could. You walk to class. I would be out of breath by the time I got to my class. And over there, I was like, all of a sudden, they want me to walk from one side of town, 30 minutes to the other side of town. Like, I was like, this is too much. And I was like, I, I can't, I don't know if I can do that every day and walk back. And they were like, well, you just take the bus. And that to me was also really difficult because if you think about it here, buses are not, it's not really ideal. Not only is it not, does it not go everywhere, but like, they're not very clean, you know, typically, which is unfortunate. So I actually had to have a teacher. She was like, she's like, you didn't take the bus. And I was like, no, I, I, I don't take the bus. You know, like I was like, I, cause I was thinking the only, I only took a bus one time and that was in LA. And so that was my impression of the bus. So when she told me over there, you can take the bus. I was like, no way. And then I actually, they ended up teaching us how to write it. Oh my gosh. It was so simple, so easy. So, but that was definitely something that I had to get used to. Like the difference in the way that you, you wake up and walking 30 minutes is not a big deal. You know, walking 45 minutes is not a big deal either. And this is young and old people too. Like I remember I used to see this older person walk with their groceries like 30 minutes here in America. Everybody would be like, oh my gosh, like that's so far. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was definitely something that um, I had to get used to. But I, eventually I, I ended up liking it so much that when I came back, I didn't buy a parking pass because I was just like, I can walk this, you know, if I have to walk like three blocks from school and walk all the way into to campus to my building like it's not that big of a deal and I still do it to this day actually that's so awesome definitely sounds like a culture shock um so a big concern for students is staying on track for their degree and not delaying their graduation did all of your classes count towards your degree and were you able to stay on track so I was lucky to be in a situation where I had the flexibility to take classes that counted towards elective units uh, and not so much so for like GE or major requirements. Um, and I think for students who are wanting to complete, you know, requirements for GE or electives uh, to count towards their 120 unit goal is ideal because you have a little bit more flexibility in terms of what classes you can take. Uh, but before, you know, I, I left my home campus, I, I was able to look at the available classes abroad um, and have them verified by faculty and my academic advisor. Uh, that way, you know, I knew that, you know, these classes were indeed transferable classes. Um, it's also important to check with the university study abroad office or your academic advisor too, so that they can help provide information on what classes might be good to take during the academic term and like what, what academic term would be ideal to go. Um, you know, I wouldn't recommend freshmen studying abroad because, you know, that's, you know, their first year, we want them to acclimate to college first. Um, and so maybe, you know, during your last semester into your sophomore year or entering your junior year would be ideal, um, you know, so that you can stay on track. Um, um, and so all the classes that I took, um, including the surfing class that I took, um, actually counted towards my degree. And so I was able to, you know, stay on track to graduate. Um, I also recommend students taking classes that will help them step out of their comfort zone um, and help them develop their professional toolkit. Um, and when you do study abroad and you, you, know, you want to stand out to future employers, so that actually, you know, actually studying abroad does make you kind of 
um, you know, glow in terms of like the application um, and your resume. Um, you know, you gain so many skills abroad, you become a stronger communicator, you develop better interpersonal skills, uh, you gain street knowledge that help you develop your critical, you know, problem solving skills, uh, like knowing how to ride a bus or knowing how to um, order tickets for a train or, you know, a day trip. Um, so yeah, definitely take advantage of studying abroad if you're thinking of going, uh, because, you know, the opportunities like this don't really come by often. Um, so. Um, so yeah, so all of my classes did count towards my degree. I made sure to get them all signed off before I even left. Um, I went through the courses list of what, what San Sebastian offered, and I knew for sure I needed to take that one psych class that they offer. And everything else, because I was I was technic I was a sophomore, um, I had still a lot of electives left. And I actually had talked about about this with my counselor at the time. Um, her name was Araceli. She used to be a case counselor, and she knew since the beginning that I wanted to study abroad. So um, together, I think I, I remember we kind of had specifically isolated like certain elective units so that I, I was taking different classes so I can see that for when I went abroad and um, that's how I was able to get mostly electives um, so I, I honestly just picked fun classes I took a bass class I took two Spanish classes and a translation course so I actually published 11 books while I was abroad um, so and they're, they're on Amazon and like I, I sometimes I remember that that happened and I'm like oh yeah I have books online and um, yeah, I because of that, I almost ac accidentally did a minor in Spanish because I had one Spanish course from um, AP Spanish from high school. And they were like, if you take two more, you have a minor. But yeah, everything counted. Um, and like I said previously, um, I normally take 12 units, but um, because of the way their classes are set up, I accidentally took 16 units without even knowing. Um, so yeah, everything worked out for me. Um, I was able to graduate on time because of that. So yeah, I, I really, I have no complaints as far as how it affected my coursework. That's awesome. Sounds like it worked out for you, Sandra. <laughs> um, so what advice would you give to first-gen students who want to study abroad, but feel like there, there are too many barriers stopping them? So I would start off with making a plan, uh, writing down all the pros and cons, um, and the reason why you want to study abroad. I, I would also write down the barriers that seem to be in the way. Uh, I know for students who may have to work while in school may find it difficult to even think about studying abroad. So, you know, maybe looking into summer programs where you can go during the summer term rather than like a whole semester would be more feasible. Um, I would also recommend you do your research um, on possible locations and to make sure to keep your family involved. Uh, let them know all the benefits of studying abroad. Uh, this is your education. You're obviously taking the time and effort to invest in yourself. And so, you know, you are already breaking barriers by going to college and being the first in your family to do so. Um, and sometimes it may feel like studying abroad isn't for you, but like, you know, who is to say what isn't and what is for you? You know, you are in charge. Um, you know, continue to break barriers, learn, travel, cherish your, your time abroad as a first-gen student. Um, you know, my parents came from Mexico to the U.S. for a better life. Uh, they never thought they would be sending their daughter off to, to study abroad. Um, and so, you know, my experience abroad really reinforced all of their hard work and their sacrifices uh, they had to endure to come to this country. Um, and so I'm really blessed to have had like, you know, their full support all throughout my stay at abroad. 
um, my advice to any first gen student would be to honestly, like really evaluate what, what you think your barriers are. Um, because what I thought my barriers were honestly, like weren't real barriers. Um, as far as like money, obviously that was a real barrier. I had no money and my parents had no money. Um, but then there was also like that whole, like, I was just afraid that I was like, you know, like, this isn't for me. Like, I was like, you know, I'm going to be, you know, Latina abroad. And honestly, that, that literally was who I was. Like I got there, I was the only, um, Latina. Um, there was one, I think he was a Hispanic male, but he didn't speak Spanish. He was like third generation. Um, there was one half Asian girl, one half black girl, everybody else, 60, 70 students were white. And I knew that was going to happen. Um, so I, and I, that's something that I really honestly, I did think about. And I was like, I don't know why I thought about that because honestly, that's life. Like sometimes you're going to find yourself like the only person of color, um, in an office or in whatever setting you're in. Um, so I honestly, I was like, that's, that can't be a barrier. That can't be the reason why I don't have fun, you know, why I don't get to live my life. Um, so, um, yeah, I really just had to value what I thought my barriers were. And a lot of it really is all up in our heads because we are first gen. Like it's so scary to be the first one. Cause I was the first one in my family. Um, my old sister and I were the first to go to college. As far as like our whole extended family, we had only at that, at, at this point, we'd only had one aunt went to college to stand state back in like the 80s and I have a huge family so then I was going to be the first person to ever um, study abroad but I was just like again like I can't that can't stop me from having experience that I want to have um so yeah and then like I said also um that I always I consider myself like an unprivileged privileged person in a way because yeah like we didn't have any money but um because I was living at home I felt like I was like in a really like interesting situation where I could afford to get these loans, if that makes sense. Like I, I was saving so much money by not living in this, in the dorm and some other college and not having these huge tuition payments that I felt like I could do this and whatever loans or whatever debt I was in was nothing compared to how much it could be had I gone to UC Davis, UC Berkeley, whatever. Um, so yeah, um, I think really evaluating what position I actually was in and what was a real concern and what was like a concern in my head um, was really like beneficial because I realized like, honestly, like I really could do this. And um, the the real barriers were actually so much smaller compared to how I thought they were in my head. That's so awesome. So any regrets? Any regrets, ladies? The only regret I had uh, was not being able to stay longer. I, I wish I could relive my time abroad. I, I definitely miss my cohort. Like, you know, definitely no regrets. Studying abroad without a doubt ha was one of like the best decisions I, I made is the highlight of my undergrad experience. Uh, I completely 100% recommend all students study abroad. Uh, it is truly a valuable experience that, you know, I do not regret at all. <laughs> so. Yeah, my regret is also not staying longer. I regret um, listening to my mom when I told her I wanted to go for a year and she said no. Um, and I was like, you know, if I defied them by applying for a semester, I should have just done the year, honestly. Like, I guess in my head, I thought it wouldn't be that bad, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think my regret is just, I wish I had stayed longer because I really did not want to come home. Um, I wanted to travel more. Um, I didn't get to go at the time to Barcelona when I was there. I ended up going later, but still like, there was all these things that I was like, oh, I didn't get to go to Ibiza. I didn't get to go mm -hmm. to Paris. I didn't get to, these little things that I had, I had on my list. I just wasn't enough time. Um, 
So yeah, if I could do it all over, I would just, I would have, I would apply for a year. Cause it really was, um, like you said, Liz is the highlight of my undergrad. It's like the only thing I ever talk about. Yeah. Um, so any last remarks, ladies? I just want to say that for students who are contemplating whether they should consider studying abroad or are afraid to venture out on their own, uh, my advice would be to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, and obviously, I want all students to be safe and to feel safe. Uh, but what I mean is, like, for example, um, you know, you have an opportunity, uh, but you're not comfortable going after it or pursuing it. Be uncomfortable. If you are thinking about pursuing one of your life goals, but you're afraid of the outcome or feel like you're uncomfortable setting foot um, in unfamiliar territory, be uncomfortable. You know, th this mentality has always worked for me uh, because in the past I always had things I wanted to do, um, but I was just too afraid and too uncomfortable going after them. And so, you know, one day I just decided, okay, well, you know what, I, I want to be uncomfortable. Um, and I often remind myself to not stay comfortable and be actively finding opportunities where I can step out of my comfort zone, which, you know, I know will in turn help me grow and develop as a professional and as a human. Um, I have been blessed to have had a network of people who pushed me and empowered me to be uncomfortable. And so if you don't have people like that to support you um, and your ideas and your goals, find them. Um, there are people out there who want to see you grow, develop and succeed. Uh, I'm one of them. We all are one of them. Um, if, if you don't feel comfortable going to a study abroad study abroad info session or workshop on your own because none of your friends want you want to go with you, um, be uncomfortable and do it un anyway. Um, and once you start doing that, um, you know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, uh, you'll realize you start to grow and you start to become a better version of yourself. Um, and so that's my biggest advice for students and more specifically for first gen students. So. Um, my advice is to really um, to just do it, especially now when you're an undergrad. Um, so I think once like we're so caught up in like just getting through college because it's it, it is really hard and um, it's like graduating from college is the peak, you know, because it took so much to get there. And um, I think we forget like what comes after. And that's something that I definitely um, I didn't even think about, which is the reason why I'm so glad I did study abroad. It's like I didn't think about the after because, you know, now that I'm close to graduating. Um, it's like after what comes after, it's just a job. And then you work till you retire and you only get like two, maybe three weeks off if you're lucky um, for the full year. And yeah, you get weekends, but that's not, you know, it's not the same as when you're, if you really are like somebody who likes to travel and likes to try new things and likes to um, interact with different cultures and stuff, like you're never going to have this opportunity again. Or if you do, it's going to be very rare for you to like live in another country for a really long time and actually get to immerse yourself in a culture where you actually like know people by name and stuff um so yeah once once you graduate like that's what's coming <laughs> and so um it's like you really have to realize like the, live in the moment like this is the only opportunity that you have to do it where you're number one like you're not being um you're not putting your degree back, you know, you're not taking time off of school to go live this experience, you are going through school as you're living through this. Um, and then also, you're just, um, you're gonna, it's just like an amazing experience that like I said, like you can never, um, you can't replicate as an adult. 
Um, and also for anybody who's going to grad school, we don't really have any programs. And honestly, your the your grad program won't won't really accept you studying abroad, um, despite what some of them may say. Um, it's 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 really not possible. So it's really important for anybody, especially who is first gen, because we already lack so much um, inexperience because of the way we grew up. And you know, most first gen students come from low income households and stuff. Like we are, we already missed so much. Um, so don't miss out on this as well. That that would be my advice. Awesome. Thank you both for sharing your experience as a first-gen college student who studied abroad. I hope listeners who are planning to study abroad or people who just love to travel learn something today and are inspired to travel somewhere new and exciting. I hope first-gen students feel like their fears are validated, but also learn that barriers to study abroad can be overcome. If you are a Stan State student who wants to study abroad, Please do not hesitate to email Sandra at study underscore abroad at csustan.edu. Thank you, ladies. Hey, thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Uh, And catch us next month where we will be discussing more topics related to study abroad. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for flying with Study Abroad Airlines. We hope you enjoyed your flight. If you have a connecting flight, you can find them at eie.csustan.edu slash studyabroad or email us at study underscore abroad at csustan.edu.